the kids a hand as they go. Man. Oh, look at all these babies going out. And of course, your children are always welcome here in the sanctuary with you uh, here at Grace. We do not mind children here in the sanctuary uh, as well. Take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Acts, the book of Acts. As we get started, I want to thank you for that uh, pastor's appreciation. I, it was worth it just to see the look on Alicia's face. Amen. And so thank you for that. Thank you for honoring her. You know, when you, uh, when you honor my bride, you honor me. Amen. And thank you for that. Appreciate that. Again, we're going to be in Acts. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, who the Holy Spirit is and, and what he does in the life of a believer. Because there's too many churches. You know what? Uh, there's some churches, it seems like all they talk about, uh, the whole emphasis of everything is on the Holy Spirit. And then there's other churches way over here where you wouldn't even think the Holy Spirit existed at all. Okay? The opposite ends of that pendulum. And what we want to be is exactly where Scripture would have us to be. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, the Greek word translated as spirit is the word pneuma. It means a, uh, um, uh, it can be a breath of air, a blast of air, a strong uh, breeze. The Holy Spirit in a lot of ways is like the wind of God. Sometimes it's a gentle breeze. Sometimes it's a mighty rushing wind. And so we want to understand this morning, I'm going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, you would see the Holy Spirit's power displayed in a lot of different ways. Uh, now the Holy Spirit gave Joshua, uh, I mean Joseph, the skill that he needed to rule over Egypt. He gave Joshua military power. The Holy Spirit gave the Old Testament prophets the very words to speak, to prophesy over the nation of Israel. One time, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon to help him to lead in battle. It was the Spirit of the Lord, not his hair, that gave Samson his power. And we see the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit throughout the Old Testament. Then we also see it throughout the New Testament as well. When Jesus was born, he was born, uh, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And at the end of his life, when Jesus died for our sins and he went to the cross and he went to Calvary, his death, burial, that resurrection, the Bible teaches us that it was done with Holy Spirit power. And then when Jesus ascended into, before he ascended into heaven, he had promised his disciples he was going to leave them a gift, and that gift was the Holy Spirit. And so that's where we are uh, this morning. You know, the same powerful spirit that resurrected Christ from the dead is available in the life of each and every believer in Christ Jesus. We have it. We have access. And so as, before we kind of get started, I'm curious. I put this in my notes, and I asked them in the early service this morning, but let me raise your hand if you know someone who seems just to have more spiritual oomph, more spiritual power than you. Raise your hand. Go ahead. Some of you think a lot of yourselves. That's cool. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Or you just don't know anybody. All right. And so all of us would say there's certain people when you meet them, they just like radiate Jesus, right? They're just like, whoa. And they just seem like so in tune with God, so in tune with the things of God. When they pray, you're just like, man, if I was God, I would answer that prayer. Man, he knows how to pray, even through a little King James in there for good, good measure. And this guy, and so, and then uh, they just seem to have power in their life. When something bad happens, when some negative thing comes their way, maybe they respond in a way that maybe, you know, they're not shaken, where you would be like, man, if I got that kind of news, I'd be upset. But yet, for some reason, 
They just seem to take it in stride. Now, why is that? Why is it that some believers seem to have this supernatural presence of the holy power just uh, uh, over their life, and somehow it's different than us? Listen, uh, for us, for all believers, uh, we can have the same Holy Spirit power that resurrected Christ from the grave, but and is available to all of us. But I believe with all my heart that there are many people who just are not fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit, to the power that's available to them through the Holy Spirit, not fully surrendered to God. But usually believers fall into one or two camps. Okay, I'm going to use a toddler as an example. For example, you all know that kid, that little kid, and he's trying to pick up his big toy or his big thing, and he's trying to pick it up, and he's trying to like set it on something, but every time he picks it up, right? He's about to fall. And you're like, Hey man, let me help you with that. Right. And then, and you know, and you take it and you set it up there for him and he plays with it. You know what I'm saying? That's one kind of kid. The other kind of kid is the kid there. They can't pick it up and they're struggling and you go, Hey man, let me help you with that. And he goes, no, dude, I mean, let me, no, mine. No, man, I'm not taking your toy. I'm just going, no, no. I'm sorry, I'm just going to keep saying no. But listen, many believers are that second toddler. We're trying to do it in our own strength, in our own ability, in our own skills. And many times God is wanting to intervene and help. We would never say it, and it's not something we're saying out loud. But with the way we conduct our lives, we're saying, no, I can do this. I can carry this burden. I can fix this on my own. I don't need any help. Some believers just are not surrendered to the power that's available to them from God. Christians all over the place are trying to live the Christian life without Christ, without the Holy Spirit, without God the Father. And they're doing it in their own strength, and that's why we're not getting very far. You're going as far in your Christian walk as you can carry yourself. You need to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. You have the ability to live a supernatural life in a very natural world. But you are, listen, you are a Christian and you are not of this world anymore, but you're still living like it. You're still living in your own ability and uh, skill set. So our verses this morning, let me give you some context. Jesus has already went to the cross, death, burial, resurrection. And before he ascends to his father in heaven, uh, he, he tells his disciples, he makes this promise to them in Acts chapter 1. And I'm going to start in verse number four. Look in your Bible. Acts chapter one, verse number four. He says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. When he uses that word, he says, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That word baptized, baptismo, it means to be immersed. Okay, in Greek, it means to be immersed, fully immersed, to go completely under. That's why here at Grace, when we baptize people, we immerse them, we baptize them. That's what the word means, to be baptized, to be fully immersed. And uh, well, as a matter of fact, sometimes, I shared in the first service, but one time I was baptizing a young man. I don't believe he's here. I don't know. You might be here. Anyway, this kid, he floated. Do you know what I'm saying? Like most people, like if you were to baptize me, I'd go down like a lead weight. Your problem's going to be getting me back up. This young man, I went to baptize him, and I swear, he just floated. You know, it's like, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he grabbed his nose, and I laid him back, and he's just like, 
like his bones were hollow. I mean, he's hollow. I don't know what's going on. And so I promise you, if Judy was here, she could witness to this. I gave him a chest compression like I was giving him CPR. I was like, well, <laughs> Anybody want to get baptized? <laughs> That's <laughs> Well, okay. Uh, listen. And why did I do that? Because that word baptize, baptismo, it means to immerse. That's literally what it means, to submerge, immerse. And so what Jesus is saying is, you're not just going to have the Holy Spirit. You're not, to, you're not just going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but you can be baptized, immersed, surrounded, uh, completely uh, immersed in the Holy Spirit. So, okay, Jesus, so what's going to happen then? Look at verse number 8. Go down to verse number 8 in your Bible. He says, but you shall receive power. Say power power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That's why here at Grace, our mission is to reach West Tennessee, America and the world with the good news of Jesus Christ because of Jesus's uh, commandments here. Look at this next slide. That word power is dunamis. It means a force, a miraculous power, display of divine supernatural ability. He's saying you're going to have this divine supernatural ability in your life, dunamis. It is where we get the word dynamite from. It's the same word. He's saying you're going to have dynamite power in your life when the Holy Spirit comes. He says you're going to be empowered by the Spirit to take this message all over the world. And why is that important? Well, you say, you know, what's the big deal? You know, he, these guys, don't forget who these guys are. Now, we had our men's fellowship breakfast Saturday, and we got together, and a bunch of men were there, and it was awesome, and we had a good time. But I want to tell you something. If you haven't been around a group of men lately, let me inform you one thing about men. One, we're knuckleheads. It's just, right? Right, right? We're, we're, we're knuckleheads. And let me tell you something about these disciples that traveled around with Jesus for three years. Knuckleheads. Knuckleheads. And Jesus is over and over again, he is saying uh, to his disciples in one of the gospels, he says, how long have I been with you? Do you still not get it? Why do you have so little faith? I've been with you all this time, and you guys, it's like you're not catching on to the program here. So these guys weren't like some outstanding group of super believers. They were just, they were knuckleheads, just like us, knuckleheads. And he's saying, you've got so little faith. And he says, I'm going to give you power to take this message all over the world. Listen, if nothing else would cause you to believe that the Bible is the word of God, I think this should. The fact that Jesus told those guys, those guys, those knuckleheads, the Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to give you dynamite power in your life to take this message all over the world. The fact that we're here, those guys told that good news to somebody else, who told that good news to somebody else, who went somewhere and planted a church, or somebody else went somewhere and planted a church. Then Sunday, somebody got on a boat, came to America, and they planted a church. Then somebody went out in the wilderness and ba 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 and then we've got Grace Baptist Church right here in West Tennessee a couple of thousand years later. When Jesus said, I'm going to give you dynamite power and my message is going to go throughout the world, you are living proof right now that when God says it, he means it. Amen? It's the word of God. You can trust it. You can believe it. And it's Holy Spirit power because the Holy Spirit came on really ordinary, regular people I mean, I get the pastor of this wonderful church, and I'm telling you, I can't believe it, and I know some of you can't either, but listen, and when I graduated high school, I was not picked most likely to pastor a church, okay, or anything like that. Listen, the same Holy Spirit power that was available to those disciples is available to you, dynamite 
power. We need to stop doing this Christian life in our own uh, uh, limited strength when unlimited power and potential is available to us. So this week, what I want to do is show you these four distinct qualities, four benefits, if you will, for the believer and for others when we surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit. Number one, write this down. Take some notes this morning. He gives us power to share Christ. That's what we've already mentioned. He said, you will be witnesses to me. He gives us power to share Christ. The Holy Spirit will give you power. First Corinthians chapter two and verse four says this. He says, it's in your notes. He says, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He's saying here, Paul's saying, I ain't the best preacher around. I'm not that great. I'm not that smart. He said, but what you saw was a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. And quite honestly, I, you know, I rely on that all the time uh, because I believe with everything in me that I am not the best. I am not the brightest. I am not the wisest, smartest, best preacher in the world. But what I know from God's word is that when we preach the word of God, God can take that and it can impact people's lives through the Holy Spirit and transform their lives and change them forever. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that allows our meager attempts to communicate the gospel. He's the one that makes it successful. Some of you know this week uh, I was helping Wednesday night after a fall festival. I went to Friendship Baptist Church. They've been having a judgment house, you know, and so I helped them. I was uh, giving the invitations at, at the end and Pastor Joe was doing some of them. I was doing the, the other half of them. And I did that Friday night, and I did it last night as well. It was awesome. Had close to almost 50, get saved. It was really cool. And so sharing the gospel. But here's one of the things. Every time I preach or every time I'm sharing the gospel, what happens is I've noticed in my own life, anytime I kind of think I'm doing pretty good, you know what I'm saying? Because every once in a while I feel myself. I am just like, Marcus, you are preaching. I'm just going to come down here and amen myself. This is good, big guy. Right? I'm going to give this invitation. Everybody's going to get saved. Nothing happens. Right? But then those times where you're like, boy, you're messing this up. This is terrible. What are you? You don't even know. Boy, you need to, what are you doing? Just shut up. Scott, come sing. Right? And then God just moves. I noticed when I was at the judgment house and I was giving those invitations, some of those, if you've been to a judgment house, you know, when they come in for the time of invitation, it's almost like shooting fish in a barrel. They're ready right? They've done seen some things and they're ready to do business with God. And so they come in and sometimes I'm sharing with them and I feel like I'm, you know, I'm like, oh man, you could tell they're kind of leaning in, they're paying attention and they look, you know, some of them are crying and you're like, oh man, and I'm doing good and this is it. And then you give the invitation and then like one person responds or none, right? And then the next time you're in there blathering on and they're looking at you like, let's go big guy. I've heard this before, la, 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 and you're like, well, nothing's going to happen here. Then you give the invitation. Everybody in the room gets saved, right? Listen, what I've noticed is that it's not based on me and how good I'm doing or my skill set. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to communicate the good news to other people. You may not know what to say, but if you'll pay attention this week, God will put somebody in your life. They need to know about Jesus. And you're going to be tempted to clam up, not say anything, and not share your faith. But if you'll trust the Holy Spirit, he'll give you the words to say. He will help you to do what you need to do to share his message with lost men and women. I mean, if you feel uncomfortable or unqualified or not good enough, join the club. But you can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, many times in the life of a believer, 
uh, we never get to that point. Right? Man, I need to tell them about Jesus. I need to say something spiritual here. Especially us guys, I need to say something spiritual. And then you go, all right, man. <laughs> Good luck, right? Take that step. Open your mouth and let God give you the words to share Christ with people that desperately need it. The Holy Spirit's helping you, giving you power to share Jesus, number one. Number two, write this down. The Holy Spirit also come to give you strength when you need it, to give you strength when you're weak, to give you strength when you don't have enough. And when you just don't have enough, you don't have what it takes, he'll give you power. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says this. He says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Holy Spirit prays for us, man, when we're weak. That's a, an amazing comfort. And here's the deal. Many of us are trying to do it on our own. Again, like I used a toddler reference. Any of you guys, any of you ladies, you ever lift weights and you, uh, on a bench press, right? And you're lifting all that weight and you don't want to hurt yourself because you don't want to get the weight here and then everybody close the gym and go home, right? So you have a spotter, right? And so that spotter, what do they do? They'll help you finish up. And if you've got a good spotter, what they'll do is, you know, you start struggling a little bit. They might give you just a little bit of help, just a little bit of help, right? Just a little bit of help and get you, and get you another rep or two out. When you're out of strength, they're being strong for you and they're helping you become stronger. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. When you're out of strength, when you're weak, the Holy Spirit will help you. And even through that process, as you surrender more and more to the Holy Spirit, your walk with the Lord will grow stronger and stronger. It's a real picture of what the Holy Spirit does. That when we get to the end of our strength, when we recognize we're not strong enough, that's when the Holy Spirit is strong for us. He gives us power in our weakness. You might be a parent here this morning. Morning, and you're going, these kids, I don't know what I'm going to do with these kids. God will give you wisdom for that. If you ask through the Holy Spirit, maybe you've got a presentation or something coming up at work, or you got to do something and it's way outside of your comfort zone. You pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you power and to help you. And he absolutely will. Maybe you've got some sin in your life, some issue, some area that you're struggling with and you've promised yourself and you've promised yourself and you've promised yourself and some reason you can't break it. You need to surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit and let him help you. Call on him. One time Paul was complaining about a thorn in his flesh. We don't know for sure what the thorn was, but he was talking about this and when he was complaining about it, look at it in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. Look what God said to him. God said, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, therefore most gladly I'd rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that will help you to share your faith. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that will help you to be strong when you're feeling your weakest. And number three, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that will cause you to overflow with hope. To overflow with hope. He'll give you power to have hope in a hopeless world. And that's important. Look in your notes at Romans 15 verse 13. This verse, is, this is amazing. Romans 15, verse 13, he says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. So many of us today, so many believers have limited hope, small hope, because we're putting our hope in the wrong things. When we put our hope in anything other than God, our, our hope is going to be diminished. It's going to be small. It's limited. If we put our hope in ourselves, we let ourselves down. If we put our hope in people, people let us down all the time. If we put our hope in our circumstances, circumstances change all the time. The good news, though, is that our God, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the line of the tribe of Judah, is always there forever and ever, and he will never fail us or let us down. Now, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. Too many believers walking around, no joy, no peace, because they're not surrendered to the Holy Spirit in their life, if they truly have Christ. We say it around here all the time. Too many Christians are walking around looking like they joined the lemon-sucking committee. Amen? We don't have one of those. But some of you are in a lifetime membership. Amen? The God of hope. Say hope. 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 They uh, will fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're hurting today, put your hope in God. If you need help today, put your hope in God. If you, lose some, if you lose a loved one, put your hope in God. If you've got someone who's sick, put your hope in God. If you're hurting today in any way, put your hope in God. You've let you down. People have let you down. Your circumstances have let you down. Put your hope in God. He'll never fail you. He will not let you down. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, that's your verse. This morning, listen, this is bonus, okay? If you're hurting at all this morning, this is your verse. You need to go home and pray this verse. You need to go home and meditate on this verse. You need to take that verse and write it down and put it on a sticky note and slap it on your forehead. Every time you look in the mirror, you see this verse. There's hope and healing in this verse. Amen? Now may the God of hope fill you Fill you with all peace, joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Put your hope in God. Number four, write this down. The Holy Spirit also gives us power to be filled with the fullness of God. Now, you may not understand that. What is the fullness of God? This is really important. Matter of fact, this is probably the most important. Here's what I've noticed. So many churches... In our country, we've kind of reduced Christianity to its like lowest common denominator. I mean, it's like basically Christianity for so many people, for so many believers, it's like this. You believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. I got baptized once. I can't remember where. You know, I, I joined, yeah, I got, you know, I'm a good person. That's Christianity for a lot of people. That's the full extent of it. Yep, I know God. I got, the preacher did a chest compression on me one time. Uh, you know, it's all right. I, you know, I mean, I believe in Jesus and everything, but I, I don't take it too serious. That's Christianity in 2018 for far too many people. And when you look at the lives of so many Christians, what you see in their life doesn't look any different than the average lost person. They have the same struggles. They're still hurting. They're still addicted. They're still filled with worries. They're struggling with the same sins. They're struggling in their marriages. There's no real faith. There's no real victory. No real spiritual power anywhere. Why? Because so many believers either forgot or never really understood who God is and what he has for us. 
He's got something else. One time Paul prayed for the believers at Ephesus, and this is my prayer for all of us. Look at Ephesians 3, verse 16. In your notes, he said that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, that you may have everything that God desires for you in your relationship with him. If you've ever asked that question, if you've ever thought to yourself, is there more to Christianity? Is there more than like, uh, don't do bad things, do some good things? Is there more to this than that, to having a relationship with Jesus than a list of do's and don'ts? The answer is yes. There is a lot more. There's so much more. The reality of a constant presence of a holy, loving God who loves you and who will direct you and who will speak to you from the time you hit the floor in the morning to the time you lay your head down at night. A God that is equipping you and giving you the power, dynamite power, that you need to make it through every day. Some of you are barely making it through this worship service right now because you're doing it on your own. You came here in your own strength. You're wrestling through this worship service and sermon in your own strength. You need to surrender to the Holy Spirit so that you can manifest the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That you can be led by the Spirit and walk by the Spirit and walk by faith and not by sight. That you can have joy unspeakable. That you can have this supernatural strength in a natural world. That you can uh, be rooted and established and secure in the love of Christ. And you can live a, a way that honors and glorifies and magnifies your Father in heaven. But you can't do it on your own. There's another power that's available. You can call on Him. And watch the Holy Spirit. He'll fill you. He'll strengthen you. He'll comfort you. He'll guide you. He'll counsel you. He will give you his power. He promised it. And as he empowers you to live the life that you're incapable of living on your own, that's a life that will bring honor and glory to God. Is that your desire for your life? To bring honor and glory to God? with how you live, with how you conduct yourself, how you love others, how you live this life to bring honor and glory to God. You can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't have what it takes, but he does. Let's pray. Pray with me. Father God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just baptize, baptizo, that you would just submerge us in your Holy Spirit. The God, that you would touch us and that you would just move freely here among us, that you would empower us knuckleheads, just ordinary Christians to live an extraordinary spirit-filled life. God, that you would reign and that you would rule supreme in our life. Help us to overcome the sins of the flesh and surrender fully to your power. God, may we please you in how we live. And Lord, may we please you in our surrender. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed. As we keep praying for just a moment, those of you right now, you know that you're a believer, right? You know that you've surrendered to Christ uh, and you, you know that and you have that assurance. But you also know when you look at your life, when you look at what scripture says, you know that you're not living with that Holy Spirit power. 
You're not living. It's, it's real and you want it. You're kind of, you've trusted Christ, but you're just struggling through on your own, on your own strength, on your own intelligence, your own wisdom, your own power. And right now your prayer is if there's more to this relationship with God than what I have right now, I want it. If there's more to this life that I've been living as a believer, I want that. If that's your prayer this morning, if you're saying, if your prayer as a believer, you're like, I'm weak and I need strength. Well, maybe I'm God. I'm not good at sharing my faith. I need your power. Maybe your prayer as a believer this morning is I'm hurting and I need your hope. God, I know you, but I want to know you more. If that's your prayer this morning, I want to pray for all of us. Would you slip your hand up for just a second? All over the sanctuary, all over, all over, all over. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for so many people who are hungry for more of you. Lord, we just want you to do what only you can do. God, change us. Lord, we surrender to the power of your spirit. God, so that when we're weak, that you'll be strong for us. God, we need your power to boldly share our faith with others. Lord, for those who are hurting, God, we need your supernatural hope in our life. God, we pray that you would break any spiritual strongholds or any addictions. Lord, we just pray that you will be strong where we are weak. We surrender to you. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would just draw us closer and show us who you are, how much you love us, and the things in this life that really matter. Now, Lord, finally, we ask that you would draw people to yourself. Look, every head bowed, every eye closed. You keep praying. In this very moment, some of you, you're feeling drawn towards God. You know that you've never received Jesus Christ. You've never really surrendered. You've never really done that. And you feel in your heart, you feel like that God is drawing you. That's the Holy Spirit. He's being so good to you right now. He's convicting you of your need for a Savior. We all need Jesus. And way before, before you can surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, you've got to surrender to Jesus and ask him to save you. We're all sinners. Look up for just a second, guys. You know, the Bible's clear. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? We've all sinned. But some reason in our own minds and hearts, we forget that and we start playing this comparison game. And we think, well, because I'm better than her then I'm okay. If I'm better than him, then I'm okay. And somehow I do good things and those good things are going to outweigh all the bad things. That's not how it works. Do you really believe that on the day of judgment that you're going to stand there and God's going to weigh your good works? That's just, the Bible's clear. That's not how it works. We're all sinners. We all sin. And we've done this a bunch of times, but I want to ask you to do it once again this morning. Do me a favor. If you've ever lied, raise your hand. Don't lie. Come on. Scott. <laughs> Listen, we've all lied. We've all lied. You don't have to raise your hand anymore, but if we're being honest, we'd also admit that we've stolen. 
We've taken things that don't belong to us. You're like, I've never stole. Yes, you have. Maybe it was your mama's change when you were a little six-year-old boy. We've all taken something that wasn't ours. Borrowed tools that we never returned something. We've sinned. Uh, we've all used God's name in an unworthy manner. Jesus says, to look, and that's called blasphemy. It's very serious. God's word says, we all admitted that we're liars. God's word says that all liars and blasphemers will have their part in the lake of fire. That's how serious God takes his name. That's how serious that God takes sin. And all of us, if we're old enough, if you were being honest, uh, Jesus one time said that if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you commit adultery. And so if we were to stand before God thinking, I do good things and I'm a good person and somehow this is going to measure up, and we stood before a holy, righteous God as a lying, thieving, blaspheming, adulterator at heart, do you really believe that he's going to say, not guilty? Eh, it's no big deal. He won't because he's a perfect, holy, righteous, perfect God. He's going to judge perfectly and you're a sinner and sin deserves judgment. Scripture is clear. That sin must be punished. God loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, never lied, never stole, never committed blasphemy, never committed adultery. He never sinned in any way whatsoever. So when he went to the cross, it was a perfect sacrifice. See, if I died, I can't save myself or anybody else because I'm a lying, thieving, blaspheming, adulterator at heart. But when Jesus died, it was perfect. And he paid for the sins of the world, your sins and mine. And so this morning, there's only two kinds of people that are going to walk through these doors. I, I shared this at the judgment house this weekend. Only two kinds of people are going to walk out. Either liars, thieves, blasphemers, and adulterators, or redeemed, forgiven, righteous in Christ. Those are the only kinds of people that are going to walk out this door. It's one or the other. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area where because you're nice to your mother-in-law once that it tips the scale in your favor. You're either a lying, thieving, blaspheming, adulterator at heart, and who knows what else, or you're forgiven in Christ Jesus. One or the other. Have you been forgiven? Do you know that you know? Do you have that assurance? That you've repented and turned from your sin and trusted Christ to save you, man. Because that's all there is. That's our only choice. You know, we've talked about this before. It's as if when Jesus went to the cross, he had that name tag that said righteous and our said sinners. And he went to the cross. He took that righteousness off and he put it on us. And he took that sin and put it on himself. And he went to the cross. He literally became sin for us. And now when God the Father sees us, now Marcus, the lying, thieving, uh, blaspheming, adulterator heart, when I stand before God, having received Jesus Christ, God the Father doesn't see the lying and the thieving and the blaspheming and adulterator heart. He sees the perfection in his son, Christ Jesus, who paid the atonement, the price for my sins so that I can be forgiven and I need it. Don't you? That, there's that verse, I shared this one with them too, that verse is one of my favorite ones. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's super important. Anyone? That means me, man. That means you. Anyone. 
lying, thieving, blaspheming, adulterated. Yes, you, even you. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've seen. It doesn't matter what you've done, man. It doesn't even matter what they say about you anymore. All that matters is anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not might, not maybe, not hope so, will be saved. Have you called on the name of the Lord? We're going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Let's pray one more time. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Please be respectful of those around you. Right now, I'm just going to lead you in this little prayer. Again, it's not this prayer. It's you humbling yourself before God and asking God to forgive you and acknowledging your need for a Savior. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But you could pray a prayer like this. You can say, Father God, I'm a sinner. I sin, but Lord, I'm turning from my sin and I'm turning to Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Tell him. Say, Lord, I'm putting my faith in your death, burial, and resurrection, your perfect death, burial, and resurrection for my salvation. Christ alone, all of me, I surrender to all of Christ. Save me, Jesus. Listen, you pray that prayer. You just prayed that prayer. You just got saved. If you were sincere and honest with God, you just became born again. No longer are you a liar and a thief and who knows what else. You're redeemed by the precious Lamb of God. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, we just want to encourage you and pray with you and rejoice with you. And I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out, single you out, pull you forward. But I just want to rejoice with you and and thank God for you. If you just prayed that prayer, will you slip your hand up for just a second? All over the sanctuary. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. Who else? God bless you. Who else? God bless you. We're going to pray in just a moment and thank the Lord for you guys. But what about those of you, you know that you've prayed to receive Christ but you have not followed through in believer's baptism. You need to be baptized. Get that in the right order. Maybe you know that you got saved after you got baptized. You need to get that baptism on the right side. Why don't you come this morning and make public your profession in Christ, and we'll um, schedule that time so that you can be baptized, and we'll rejoice and pray with you. Maybe God is calling you to be a part of the Grace Baptist family. God is calling you here to be a part of this church, to grow here, to serve here. To experience that Holy Spirit power right here. To allow God to use you in the life of others right here. If God's calling you to be a part of the church family this morning, won't you come? And we'll pray with you and we'll rejoice in that. But during this invitation, I want to encourage you to do business with God. You know where you need to do business and he does too. Use this time. Maybe you need to come to the altar this morning and just pray for somebody. Come and do it. But whatever God is calling you through his Holy Spirit to do, be faithful and listen. Father God, we love you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray that your people will use this invitation for their good and your glory. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with us?